This is our podcast song. It isn't very long. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi, Christina. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into Laughing with Gingers. The podcast where two feisty redheads with loud laughs share crazy stories, play games, and spread silliness and joy. That little stinker over there is my uh, co-host on the Laughing with Gingers podcast, Christina Curry. And that is Sarah Alipin, a.k.a. Prankster Monk, and my co-host of Laughing with Gingers. Uh, so get ready to laugh. Today, we don't know what we're doing. Um, no, we have no a idea. guest. <laughs> We have a guest for the first time in ages, Nadej. Thank you so much for being here. She is a sex scholar, and we don't know what she brought. She, we we gave her the reins. So <laughs> buckle up, kids. <laughs> I guess maybe she's our host today, not guest. Are we guesting <laughs> on our own podcast? I love it. <laughs> wow! Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. I love laughing with my fellow gingers. Yes. And I have, before we even start, I need to know what your astrology signs are. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, Sarah, you go first. I am a Capricorn. Mm. I love it. Isn't that happening like right now or no? No, not at all, but good try. (laughs) (laughs) You know my birthday. That's true. Your birthday's already passed. I knew that. Um, okay, I'm Scorpio. Ooh. Oh, no wonder you two are a good work match. That's Ooh. a really very compatible. Compatible lovers, compatible work, compatible friendships. That's a great match. Oh I love it. God. I love it too. Uh, yay, go on. Oh, yep. my goodness. <laughs> on top of studying sex, I also study astrology. And I know you guys wanted to talk about erotic astrology today. Yeah. So yes. we're going into all of that. But um, I have a, I'm a Sagittarius for anyone listening, but I have a lot of Capricorn placements. So usually Sagittarius is like a hot mess express, but I'm pretty like together. And it's because like Sarah, I have all of those Capricorn placements. Yeah, Sarah has her <laughs> shit together. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. I do. <laughs> Thanks. Someone's gotta. I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh my God, this is already great. (laughs) I honestly don't know very much about astrology, to be totally honest. So I'm kind of excited about this in its own way. Absolutely. Well, what's interesting to start us off with having a Scorpio in the room, people usually think of Scorpio as the sex sign. And the reason why people think that that is like that is because there's something called body astrology or iatro mathematics, which basically goes into how energy is stored based on your astrology sign. Mm -hmm. And for Scorpio, the body parts that rule your energy are the reproductive system and the excretory system system. Mm. So giving birth, but also pooping. Um, So it's not as it's not always sexy. Okay. But what's really cool about that is that Scorpio represents um, the the like possibility of creation, whether it's a child or a career or an idea, but they also are people who can just like naturally kind of detoxify energy. Um, so they're natural healers mm. because they're ruled by the excretory system. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I have a question for you because my girlfriend yeah. is a Scorpio also. And I feel like Ooh. two Scorpios who are partnered together is like a recipe for trouble. <laughs> 
I mean, trouble for everybody else. <laughs> like, just, like, evil villains to the max. Like, let's go. I'm living for it. Um, but I don't think that's that's too bad. I really like that match a lot, especially because there could be a lot of potential for healing. Mm. Um, and when it comes to romantic uh, compatibility, you actually want to look at your Venus sign, mm. your Mars sign, and your seventh house. So Venus represents love and beauty. Mm. Mars represents sex and aggression. So that can really show how you problem solve and fall in love. And then the seventh house represents um relationships. Mm. So that shows how you can be long-term. So those placements are going to matter more than your sun sign, which is Scorpio and Capricorn for you both. That just showcases what your identity is. It's where the sun was placed when you were born. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how do you know the other stuff? I just am obsessed with this shit. I mean, it's pointless. Like, tell me why it even matters, right? Like, I I literally went to Berkeley and graduated top of my class to study, like, sex and, like, all of that real stuff. And I can totally talk about that as well. But then, like, on, this, on the low, I've been studying astrology since I was 15 because I was just obsessed with it. I thought it was so cool. And the more I learned about it, the more it kind of proved itself right. And then as a sexologist who does events and works with people, I love astrology just as a tool to be like, oh, you're not having orgasms. Well, let's talk about astrology because that's going to be a little bit less, like, in your face. Mm-hmm. And we can still problem solve these issues and use this really old like mathematical understanding of astronomy and the cosmos and like spirituality to kind of soften this topic that can be really difficult to discuss so it sort of weaved itself in together um but but for me it was really just a bunch like I I was just in Barnes and Nobles like a total nerd I should have been studying for my finals and I'm like Capricorn and like blah blah you know like let me figure out what this is yes I love it Barnes and Noble. <laughs> oh yeah. RIP, right? Yes. I mean, I think they still have barnesandnoble.com, but you know, I'm not I'm not going there. <laughs> it's not the same if there isn't a Starbucks attached. I know. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, we are so dating ourselves. <laughs> you and your Scorpio? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually dating a Scorpio right now. I'm obsessed with Scorpios. So I I love it. Yeah, I'm obsessed with myself. So yeah, definitely obsessed with other Scorpios. (laughs) I think I'm great. (laughs) You don't think you're great. You know you're great. I know I'm great. Uh, Yes. Well, Sarah, what questions do you have about astrology or Capricorns? I actually have more questions about the other elements, the moon and Mm. the other things you brought up. Like, how would I know which one of those apply to me? In terms of like, what what are you trying to find out? Like, what would a moon sign be, you mean? Yeah, like, what's my moon sign? How do I know? So you would know, you can go online and go into any like birth chart calculator and all you would need is the time of your birth, where you were born, the year, the day, and the month. 
and then that'll map out everything. Your moon sign represents your emotional life. It's how you need to be nourished with a partner. So that is a very important placement when it comes to love and sex, because if moon signs are not compatible, it usually means you can't emotionally support each other. Um, And that obviously is so for casual love affairs, if your moon signs are like, okay, this is not the business, y'all can still have sex, sexy time can be great. But um, but a moon sign will be very important when it comes to long term partnership, because that's your emotional self. That's and that's the sign that you will emulate when you retreat into yourself as well. Ooh, I wonder what yeah. my ex and his moon sign. Is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at all of this. It's so funny because that's what everyone says. Like, I want to look at all my ex's charts and just figure out why it went wrong and why it's their fault and not mine. Exactly. It's <laughs> his moon sign that's wrong, not mine. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh my God. I love that. What are like two signs that just should never be together in a sexual way at all? Like they should just Mm. call it quits the second they find out. This is such a good question. Um, Okay. I'm going to say, let's see here. I feel like a Gemini and a Virgo would just like, if, y'all are just trying to have fun, sexy times, like run for the hills, because you will have two very different communication styles. Mm-hmm. Geminis tend to be like also super villains versus Virgos. Virgos, actually, they can turn into uh, serial killers. <laughs> There's like a whole thing about that. But most often, they're not. They're like very giving, very kind. Mm-hmm. And so um, sexually, too, it just probably wouldn't be that good of a match because Virgo is going to be all about the senses and touch. Virgo really represents the flesh and femininity. Mm-hmm. And then Gemini represents communication and problem solving and intellect. So Gemini is going to be very much about like foreplay and talking and all of that stuff. And then Virgo is probably going to be more like, I want to get to the juice and the sex. I don't want to talk too much. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Yep. Shut up and fuck me. Yeah. And then Gemini's like, but I, I still, we're still like five minutes into my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> No, probably not. Maybe like a one and done type of situation. Yeah, yeah. Super (laughs) drunk at two in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's when the one passes out while the other one continues talking. (laughs) Oh my God. Totally, totally, absolutely. Although I feel like a Virgo, because they're very straightforward, they just like hit them. They just just stop talking. Yeah, just shut up. You know, like (laughs) I'm over it. Oh my God. My husband is a Leo. Ooh, that can be a good match. Like there's a lot of stubborn energy between Capricorn and Leo, but there's a lot of like similarity between devotion. Like the styles of devotion are going to be so compatible that like, even though both signs are stubborn, I feel like that's such a good match long term because you can overcome any stubbornness with the fact that like you support each other in similar ways and want to receive love in similar ways. Because both are possessive, Capricorn and Leo. And it is, how fun is it to like be with someone and be like, you're mine. I want you so bad, right? And like both of those signs are like that. So, and what's actually really cool is Capricorn is represented by the father, 
bringing a lot of structure. And then Leo is represented by the lion, which is like a very action oriented sign. So I also feel like with regards to how work and love can balance each other out, that can also be very compatible. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's very like protective of her friends too. Mm, oh, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She will. So would a Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah. I can get, yeah, I can get very fierce. <laughs> I usually have like a nice way of doing it, but I will pull you apart with from like this. I'll pull a seam that you won't even know you had. Um, mm. if you keep trying to uh, bulldoze my friends. <laughs> Ooh, I love. I mean, like I have like six Capricorn placements, so I feel that so hard. Mm. <laughs> That's a good way of describing it, like pulling a seam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh, one you didn't even know was there. Yeah. Oh yeah, but Capricorn knew. Capricorn knew the whole time. Uh huh. Yep. Capricorns don't miss shit. Never cheat on a Capricorn. <laughs> They will find you and they will kill you. (laughs) Kill you with kindness, but you'll be dead nonetheless. Yes. (laughs) And then we will just casually walk away from the burning building. Yep. Like, oh, that wasn't me. Do you smell smoke? You're like that little girl meme. (laughs) Um, Okay. What are the best, like, people to put together? Like, I guess, Mm. actually, let me rephrase it. What is the best people to put together for the best sex? Not relationship. Mm. (laughs) But best sex. That's such a fun one. I actually play a game with my friend who's an astrologer as well. And I'm like, okay, two signs are trapped on a desert island. And all they can do is fuck. Go. Which ones? (laughs) So this is is perfect for that game. I'd say one, Aries and Cancer, because Cancer likes to draw things out and Aries is very impulsive. So Aries will like be teased a lot, but terrible for a relationship. And Aries will kick the Cancer right off the cliff. I mean, it would be a damn disaster. But for sex, absolutely incredible. Very orgasmic. Um, Pisces and... Aquarius would be another really fun one because they're such open-minded signs that they would just like try anything like outdoors, sex toys, the sky's the limit. Um, With a relationship that could be hit or miss because again, they're both out to lunch. Are they going to the same lunch? We don't even know, right? (laughs) Sex-wise, super fun. (laughs) Um, And Sagittarius and Scorpio. That's another really good sex one. Yeah, or Scorpio, Scorpio. I'd also say Capricorn and Leo are also really good sex signs. Mm. Again, with that devotion, and then also like I feel like the if like fights after sex or what is it, sex after fights between a Capricorn and a Leo, like that's where it's at. You know, all the stubbornness overflows into sexual tension. That's so yeah, I'd say those are some fun ones. <laughs> it is very rare that I um, will push back anymore because you cannot win a fight against an alipin, a pure, <laughs> like, you know, full-blooded alipin. I am just a, you know, married into. into. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. It is impossible to win a fight against them. They just will keep go- – like, they will die on the cliff. I mean, maybe it's a nice cliff. 
<laughs> it's got a good view. <laughs> got a good view on the, on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> As I casually bump you off. Yeah. <laughs> the water's warm. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm already like crying. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you're dating a Scorpio right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I am. I am living for it. It's you, yeah, like, it's so much people fun. for their signs or it just happened that way. <laughs> I reject people for their signs, but I don't necessarily choose people for their signs. Mm -hmm. But I do have a thing for Scorpios. I mean, I have dated long term to other Scorpios. So clearly I have a pattern. Mm -hmm. And then when I met this woman, I was talking to another woman who was a Scorpio, but then this one was way hotter. And just was like, you're mine. And she was hotter more so in just the fact that she like understood me. Um, not like either one is cuter than the other. Like, God forbid they both listen to this. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a bitch. But um, but no, everyone is super cute and wonderful. But one Scorpio just happened to like really understand me and like get into my brain. And like I said, I have like six Capricorn placements. My Mars is in Capricorn. My Venus is in Capricorn. So I love Scorpios. Mm, I really do. Is that why I love Christina so much? Probably. Capricorn and Scorpio is such a good match, especially because Capricorns like, and I say this feeling like I'm an honorary Capricorn, we can be very dry. And so having like a water sign close by is so nice, especially a Scorpio. Mm, Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, so you said your mom and your grandma are both redheads and you somehow got skipped with that. It was, yeah, it was really disturbing and rude of God to do that to me. I know. Um, I dye my hair red with a vengeance. I'm about to go in for my, like right now I'm a strawberry blonde, but I'm about to go back in and copper this shit up again. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I love, no, I, it's, it's so my grandmother was a just raging redhead. I mean, and a Sagittarius like me. And then my mother had the most beautiful red hair as well. And um, my sister and I just came out blonde. And we were sort of like, well, how did that happen? And growing up, I would always look at my mom's hair and my grandmother's hair and be so jealous. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the second I turned like 17 or eight, like once I was just old enough to dye my hair, I went and started dyeing it and I never turned back. And people get surprised when they find out that that's not my natural hair color. You look like a redhead. I look like, oh, I I got all of it. I got all the complexion, all the sun problems. Like, give me an umbrella, please. (laughs) But I didn't get the red hair. I burn like a redhead. I mean, now I have the red hair. But it's so, it's so funny. Like, I don't know how it happened, what evil trick it was. (laughs) Oh, that's so crazy. I don't know. I feel like blonde is more dominant than red, though. So maybe it just, blonde gene just shoved out, you know, the red gene. Yeah. Like, get out of here. And maybe, isn't it like a recessive gene? So, like, both parents, and I don't think my dad had any red, which is just Uh, probably his worst quality. He's a great man, but. (laughs) (laughs) His worst quality. No red in the family. (laughs) No red. (laughs) Shame on him. (laughs) 
Yep, truly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, my mom has read and my dad has very, very dark, dark, but still red Mm. undertones. And so I got a mixture because she's more like strawberry blonde. And my brother Mm. got the more blonde version and I got the more dark Mm. version. I love that. that stuff works out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's so funny, like, because I have read on both sides. Mm. But I mean, I would say neither of my, well, my dad's been silver since I was born. So I have no (laughs) idea what his hair actually looked like in real life. Cause you know, it was film and like all that stuff is faded out by now. So I don't know if he had any red in there or not, but my mom was mostly brunette and then started dyeing her hair blonde when she started going gray. Um, Mm. But my brother's got brown hair and he has hazel eyes. So everything else about us looks the same Mm -hmm. other than the fact that he is a full foot taller than me. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's a full foot taller than you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not hard to reach that that goal. (laughs) Hey, you're like the same height as me. I know. That's why I can say that. (laughs) Everyone feels so tall, especially now after being in this like virtual space forever and then moving into real life. I'm like, God, I forgot how tall people can be. It's weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Because we're all at eye level on the camera. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. I when I I joined a female entrepreneur group in the middle of COVID, and then when we finally met, like a couple of months ago, everybody thought I was really tall. I don't know why. I'm I'm also I imagine I'm the same size as both of you. Hearing you both talk, because I walked in and everyone was like, "We thought you were going to be like five nine, and you just have such a presence on camera." And I was like, "I am a small little thing. How, like how I don't are even." You? I'm like five five. Yeah, you're our height. Yeah. I thought you would yeah. have been taller too. You have this very like elongated sort of like swan, like I don't know. Oh, stand. thank you. <laughs> I would have said I've never I would have been called five, a seven, swan, seven. but I love it. <laughs> oh no, yeah. I'm I'm a tall five five. <laughs> and um <laughs> I'm a tall five five. Yeah, tall that. personality. Yeah. I feel like we all have tall personalities. Maybe it's a redhead thing. Uh, yeah, probably. whether you were born redhead or wanted to be a redhead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whenever we say red, we mean all the reds in the world, no matter if you are it or you are it in the root. Yeah, yeah. We, if your soul is a ginger, this is a safe space for you. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. We accept everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness well let's take a super fast break and we will be right back on laughing with gingers stay tuned and we are back on laughing with gingers we have a guest today a special guest from pleasure science the lady behind pleasure science nadege and we she's got something special for us right now um 
it has to do with redheads and it has to do with sex and we don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was teasing Sarah and Christina with this fun sex fact about redheads, which isn't specifically about redheads, but it does have to do with redheads. So um, the same amount of redheads that are born every year, there's about 1.7% of the population is born redhead. That's the same percentage of people born intersex. And so a lot of people think that it's very like uncommon to be born with ambiguous genitalia, which is what it means to be intersex. The word hermaphrodite, if you're listening, is a bit outdated and can be offensive. But if that's what you're thinking, you're in the right place. You're not crazy. Um, that's where that word comes from. But um, but yeah, so the same amount, roughly more or less, of people born as a redhead is the same amount as people born intersex. So it's very common and normal. And just the same way that gingers are beautiful people and not here to eat your souls, <laughs> neither are intersex people. <laughs> that is so interesting. Is it, Isn't it? You know how there's more like redheads you know, in Australia and like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and in Scotland and yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Is it like, is the, is the population of intersex groups like that too? Or is it more just, no, different? it's very, yeah, it's all over the world. Um, but that, that would be so funny. Could you imagine just yeah, like in that- Norway? Yeah, they're eating all the, you know, I don't know. But <laughs> although I did read an article recently about how in Switzerland, the fish, because so many women in Switzerland are on birth control, because it's more normal and accepted to be on birth control. And so these women, when they pee, their the hormones that are in their pee were affecting the water and turning the fish like fish can sometimes change their gender. And so the fish's genders were changing into, <gasps> into female anatomy because Whoa. of all the birth control in the water. Yeah. Oh my yep. God. That's so crazy. Isn't it so interesting. Oh P, the power of P. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't know I could change a fish's gender. I yep. know. You're so powerful, Sarah. <laughs> I I really am. I feel like now I can take over the world with my super villain <laughs> partner, Christina. One fish oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's incredible. That's crazy pants. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have a question for you. Yes. What is one tip for each of our astrological signs out there? Oh, I love it. Let's do it. I'll go by them one by one. We'll start with Aries because Aries is the baby of the Zodiac. The Zodiac has its own year, just like we have our own year. Jewish people have their own year. Chinese people have their own year. In astrology, it starts with Aries. Mm. So Aries is represented as the child. They're very, very impulsive. So I would say one sex hack for an Aries would be to find people who are really good at delayed gratification. What that is, is someone who gets off on basically telling you, oh, do you want the candy? You can't have it yet. And an Aries will go mad for it. But, and the key with an Aries, by the way, because the fact that you're so impulsive means that you have a very good connection to pleasure. It's not something to be ashamed about. And so the trick with Aries is to kind of figure out how to delay pleasure and not be so impulsive and eat it all too quickly. So Mm. finding someone who's really good at delayed gratification can be very, very satisfying for an Aries. 
that the next like yeah. Oh, right. I feel like everybody would kind of like it, but in Aries especially, I think they could just use the skill, you know? <laughs> um, the next astrology sign is Taurus. So Taurus is represented by the planet Venus, which we talked about earlier as the planet of love and beauty. So with a Taurus, um, if you're dating a Taurus, be very mindful of like your space at home and make it very cozy and welcoming velvet sheets, candles. Mm. I don't care what gender your Taurus is. This applies to all of them. Okay. (laughs) They love their comfort. They love their food. And if you yourself are a Taurus, try like adding food into sex, like chocolate covered strawberries, um, or find lubes. There are certain lubes that like will make your skin more sensitive and you could put it on the nipple, the clitoris or the tip of the penis. And these lubes will be flavored like strawberry, cherry. So play around with that because that could be something that you would find really satisfying as a Taurus. Um, Next, we have Gemini, oh, our other evil villain of the Zodiac. I love my Geminis. Um, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but Gemini is ruled by the third house, which is the house of communication and problem solving. So if you're a Gemini, you're most likely a sapiosexual. And what that means is that you're turned on by communication and intellect. You really love good conversation. Mm -hmm. Words of affirmation are also likely to be a love language. So whether it's erotic or romantic or both, try to find someone who also shares that words of affirmation love language or else you might feel rejected a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And then try to just, you know, dirty talk. Dirty talk is going to be fun. Sexting will probably be a superpower for you. So don't shy. It doesn't have to be photos. It can literally be like messages, you know? Yeah. But that could be that could be really fun. Any questions along the way, by the way, because I'm like bulldozing through, but these are great. I love it. Yeah. I bet your listeners are taking notes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Take notes, people, because now we're going to cancer. So cancer gets a reputation for being very, very emotional because they are. Um, but what's really cool about cancer erotically is that they, like I mentioned before, they really like to take things slow. That's why, do you remember when I was like an Aries and a cancer, sex-wise would be very, very good. This mm-hmm. is why they could do the delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to mm-hmm, when it comes to a cancer, like if you're a cancer, I would say practice boundaries and practicing no, um, because you're more likely to be a more nurturing lover and people can take you for granted. Um, So I would go to a Google spreadsheet, create a database or not a database, a sheet with three columns, and it'll have like the circumstance and then the trigger and then the date and start logging when you feel like your boundaries are being overstepped and write out what it was. And then if you actually said no to it, write that down too, because you deserve a gold star because you stood up for yourself. And I would say that that's something really important to do as well with sex, because you can often please without getting much in return and be like performing for the other person. Um, And your erotic needs matter. So This is one of the most generous signs sexually, but your needs matter too. So create that boundary database and remember that sex is a superpower for you. So 
Nice. Um, I feel like any cancer listening might be like, that wasn't very fun. <laughs> <laughs> like the other one's got something more fun. <laughs> I have to make a spreadsheet. Um, but also spread your sheets because you're a very sexual sign. Cancer is one of the most sexual signs in the zodiac. So um, just know that that's your superpower. And don't get mad at me for telling you to make a boundary database. <laughs> <laughs> Um, after that, we have Leo. So Leo is represented by the lion. They can be very stubborn, but also incredibly loyal. Some of the best friends that you'll ever have. Um, and so with a Leo, I would say it would be really good to slow down. I'd say like, try to make masturbation a meditative experience and do some breathing when you masturbate to slow down that experience and not bulldoze through everything. Mm -hmm. Um, when the way we, so psychologists have found that the way we touch ourselves when we masturbate is usually how we touch other people. Mm -hmm. So with Leo, it can really help for you to slow down because a Leo can either lead with their heart and get very insecure and not experience all the pleasure because they're worried about like how they look or how like they can be a more superficial sign, which means they're very hard on themselves. Mm. So take a moment, relax and have an intentional masturbation experience that like maybe it calls like you allow yourself to touch all the areas of your body before going straight to your genitals and mm. see how that manifests as well into like the patterns you're going to have in the bedroom with another person. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Right. And then, ooh, and then we have Virgo. Virgo is one of my favorite signs. They're the most underrated sign in the Zodiac because they're represented by the Virgin, which actually isn't historically accurate. So for thousands of years, Virgo was represented by a fertility goddess. Um, around the 16th century, she began to be referred to as a maiden and then even more so as a virgin maiden. And obviously we live in a world that is dominated by men and like controls sexuality. So if we think about a very easy way to neuter a fertility goddess and her power, it's to call her a virgin. Mm. So Virgos get a really bad rep. They are often thought of as like, really anal or like like the serial killer thing I was mentioning earlier because they're so precise and w whatever. But actually Virgo is represented by a fertility goddess. So I would say if you're a Virgo, one thing to do is to step into like the goddess intuition that you have um, and recognize that you're like a really, really powerful manifester. Um, trust your gut instincts and also know that you're ruled by the flesh and fertility. So you're an incredibly sensual sign. Um, touch is most likely going to be a love language for you. So incorporate a lot of massage into sex if you can, whether you're massaging someone else or having them massage yourself. Mm. Um, but that's my little PSA. I always try to say that about Virgos because it, it, it makes me so whenever I meet Virgos, they're like, Oh, I don't like, like they tend to not like astrology because mm. of, everything they read about themselves. But yeah. anyway. That's so interesting. Yeah, right? Um, ooh, then we have Libra. So Libra is also ruled by the planet Venus. But unlike Taurus, where Taurus is like, give me pleasure, give me pleasure, Libra is ruled by the planet Venus because you are meant to find balance through love. So Libra is represented by the scales, right? Um, and you're on a quest for balance. So 
A big thing to keep in mind is not to be in love with love. That's very, I mean, Kim Kardashian is a Libra. Cardi B is a Libra. They're, they're lovers. They love love. But, um, but take a step back and recognize that your quest for love and sex is really about balance. Um, and so I would say a tip for the bedroom with a Libra would be to channel all of the senses because you're ruled by Venus. And then to also try to make sure that you either aren't taking too much because that's something that a Libra can do, or you're not giving too much. Really try to find that balance. Mm-hmm. And that's likely going to be a lifelong journey for a Libra. If you're a Libra, that's like one of the things in this lifetime you're meant to overcome and understand. Mm -hmm. So don't be mad at yourself if you're like, oh my God, I'm addicted to love and it's been like this for 20 years. It's fine. (laughs) It's going to be like the anymore. (laughs) I love that accent that just came out. Oh, thank you. My Jewish grandmother, uh, Mildred is her name. Mildred the redhead. (laughs) Oh my God. So good. So after Libra, we have Scorpio. So I would say for Scorpio, one of the biggest things to understand is how much of a healer you are naturally. You're probably going to be soaking up a lot of energy and you don't even know. So there's a crystal called selenite. I would recommend having that in your bedroom or bathroom. And that soaks up and equalizes energy around you because you're going to be soaking things up a lot, especially through touch. Um, It would be really beneficial after sex to shower, to just clean off some of that energy because you're going to be soaking things up a lot. And if you find yourself like in really bad moods for no apparent reason, it's probably because you're carrying energy Mm -hmm. and you have to like detoxify that. So saging will also be a very good practice for a Scorpio. But other than that, I mean, Scorpios are great in bed. I mean, <laughs> if, if I like all the literature I've read slash all the Scorpios I've dated, <laughs> very, very good in bed. So I would say the main thing is to like have just some boundaries with your own energy and like honor that and be able to pick up on that because mm-hmm. um, you're, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. um after that is Sagittarius so Sagittarius is another sign that can be very impulsive so this is another sign that like try to find someone who is very good at delayed gratification um also a Sagittarius is extremely open-minded they're one of the astrology signs that does really well in a relationship that is open or polyamorous so I would recommend communicate if that sounds like you communicate that with your partner and like let them know um and be upfront about that because it's not a threat to intimacy to want to have something be open not at all and there's a great book called the ethical slut that i highly recommend reading if that's something that you're interested in um but if you're a sagittarius and you're not really open like i'm i'm monogamous sagittarius um for me i notice that i fantasize constantly and that like i'll see someone i'll be like oh like i don't want to be with someone other than my lover but i love fantasizing so i would say if you're a Sagittarius, really indulge in fantasy. Um, Psychologists have found that it's cathartic and healthy to indulge in your fantasies without censoring them, regardless of your astrology sign. (laughs) It's very healthy to do. And we censor ourselves constantly because our first, you know, um, way of understanding sex is through shame usually. Mm -hmm. So just try to fantasize. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, we have Capricorn. 
So I would say with Capricorn, there's two things. One, you're going to be super generous, which is a huge strength. And two, you're going to be really hard on yourself. So I would say (laughs) something, yep, I would say something with Capricorn is to try and put like words of affirmations or like positive reinforcements all around. And I would do this practice at home of taking a mirror and regardless of your gender, looking between your legs and kind of exploring that part of yourself and naming all of the things that you think are beautiful about your genitalia, because a Capricorn is probably going to be the most hard on themselves of anyone in the Zodiac. And that's just going to help balance out how you're really hard on yourself. And will give you permission to receive pleasure because you tend to be a giver, right? And a part, a lot of the times when we our givers were not the best receivers. So using a mirror and looking at yourself and connecting to yourself in that way can be a really helpful way to start learning how to receive pleasure. After that, we have Aquarius. This is another sign that can be very polyamorous. (laughs) So read the ethical slut. Um, But I would say with Aquarius, one of their biggest pitfalls, so they are the humanitarian of the Zodiac. They love helping people. And when it comes to sex, they are also very generous. They want to have connection. Um, So I would say be very aware of the ego with an Aquarius, Mm -hmm. you know, be aware of your own ego and that you're not making like, don't like sometimes Aquarius can kind of think of themselves as a saint and they don't mean to do it. They just really care about other people. So I'd say be mindful mindful of your ego, be a good listener and, you know, get your head out of the clouds and back onto earth sometimes to connect with your partner and check in. And that's the other thing I would say is to check in with your partner. Ooh, my, my battery is getting low. And then Pisces is the final sign of the Zodiac. Pisces is the dreamer and is another very generous sign. So I would say with Pisces, take a leaf out of the cancer book and make that boundary database. And then I would also say, and this actually goes for Aquarius as well, both of these signs are big dreamers. Indulge in your fantasies, because that'll be really, really satisfying for you. Um, and, And that's, those are the tips. Oh my God, that was, that was great. Amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much. That was awesome. You're so welcome. Um, it's really great. I think I'm going to have to listen to my own episode over again just to remember everything. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, Nadesh, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you online? Absolutely. So you can go to pleasurescience.com or you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at pleasure science, literally just pleasure science anywhere. And for everybody listening, you can also use the code ginger at pleasurescience.com slash shop and you'll get 20% off the erotic astrology ebook line. So if you want to learn more about your astrology sign, you can go ahead and head over there. There's a pleasure based ritual for your zodiac sign and tons of other fun stuff. So I love yeah, it. I, love I follow it. you on Instagram and I love all your tips. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on Laughing with Gingers. We are so happy to have you listening to our silly podcast. And follow us on Instagram at Laughing with Gingers. We'll post uh, stories and photos and all that fun stuff. <laughs> And you can send us funny stories um, or just general fun episode ideas, all the things on our Instagram at laughingwithgingers as well. 
and get access to premium content, including ad-free episodes, swag, special events, access to us, and more starting at just $3. Check us out at patreon.com slash laughing with Jen. And you can grab your very own merch. We don't have Zodiac stuff yet, but you know, who knows? Know. We might by the time that this comes out. You can head on over to laughingwithgingers.com to get all that great stuff too. And tune in next time for some more Laughing with Ginger's Good Time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.